Welcome to the Highway Church Podcast. We're excited that you would join us today and hope you're encouraged by the message you hear. If you'd like to know more, visit our website, highway.com.au. So good to see so many in the room today and to be able to come together. I think it's incredibly powerful when the church comes together. I really do. It, it, is, it is an extraordinarily you know, a privilege to be able to view church online, but there is nothing like being in the room. There is nothing like being together face to face, even if you can only see half of our faces right now. You just smile with your eyes and just, you know, smile with your eyes. So it's good to be with you today. Byron is down at Gilston and uh, he is preaching down there. He'll be back here tonight. He is preaching tonight. And so we're back into our normal Sunday night services. Love you to join us. And uh, I want to speak to you today. I, I have called this that the Spirit and the Word agree. And I believe, it's, um, <clears throat> I believe it's a very powerful word that I want to share with you today. But over the holidays, I, I've been reading in a number of books and one of them, has been the book of Genesis. Genesis chapter 1 is where I started. So uh, Genesis chapter 1, it it is interesting where it begins because it says that it begins with darkness. And it begins and says that there was darkness everywhere. Darkness takes over. But then it goes on to say in the next line that the Spirit of God was hovering. And whenever there is darkness, you can be sure and reassured that the Spirit of God is hovering. And the reason that He's hovering, and if you read Genesis, it says because God was getting ready to speak. And when God spoke, what did He speak? He spoke light to the darkness. And I believe that the church is in exactly the same place that even though it might feel as though our world is just, you know, there's darkness everywhere, we, the church, can speak light into a dark day. And so the Spirit of God is hovering and I want to share that with you. But after God speaks, then it says there's this separation that goes on. There's a separation between light and dark and then he goes on to talk about now go and produce. And produce what? Produce after after God so that we look and sound like God. And so I think the church needs reminding about what we're meant to look like, what we're meant to sound like, and all the rest of it. And so, you know, I've been sort of on this road now for a while, and I want you to know that the Spirit of God is hovering over your lives. The Spirit of God is hovering, and His voice has already spoken, but God is speaking to us so that we can produce. Come with me, if you would, into Isaiah 61, verses Uh, 1 through to 3. If it goes on the screen, 1 to 4, we're going to stop at verse 3. But it says that the Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me because He has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom, freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour and the vengeance of our God to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in, in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, a garment of praise instead of the spirit of despair, and they will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. Uh, 
Here's what I pray over Highway Church, that the people that come here are a people planted for his splendour, planted for his glory, planted to bring him pleasure, planted. So there's few things in these few verses that we've read today. And the first thing is what will happen. So of course, this was spoken way back then. And it was speaking about a time that was going to come. So what will happen? But the other question is this, where do you and I fit into this story of Isaiah? Where, you know, what is the me in this story? And the other thing is this, is what really is my true identity? When we look into scripture and we look into the time that we are right now, what is our real identity? And one of the things we may not have time to get to today in great detail is this, this amazing exchange. This exchange is that when Jesus got a hold of your life and changed you and filled you and saved you and set your life on a journey that is one in him. We probably won't have time to go into that, but Isaiah here is prophesying through a vision that he had. And this, this word that he gave, this vision that he had was so grounded and established in the prophetic. And it was given years before Jesus even came. It was a word that came down through time from Isaiah. And we will see in a little minute that it started here in Isaiah, but then you know, we find Jesus speaking out of the same word and then onto the, onto the apostles and now onto you and I in 2022, 2022. And I love the way, and sometimes it's good to read the scriptures in this kind of context because you realise that it's all linked up. And from one generation to the next, there is this linking, this joining together of the word that God has spoken you know, many of us are here today because somebody prayed for you. You are here because somebody, and that person that prayed for you may not be here today. They might be in heaven, but their prayers have continued to work down through time. And so there is this linking of the prayers that have been prayed to you today that are saved, and now you're praying for somebody else. And so you might be in heaven before they become saved, but this is the importance of our prayers. And that's why I love it when it comes to prayer, that your prayers keep on working. Your prayers keep on working. And so this prophetic vision that Isaiah is, um, is giving was spoken about 700 years before Jesus was found speaking exactly the same word. I hope you and I don't have to wait 700 years for a word that you are hoping on or God has given to you to come to pass. I hope you don't have to wait 100 years. I hope you don't have to wait too long. But if you do, it doesn't matter because it's eternal. And if you don't see it come to pass, it will surely come to pass. And so Jesus here, we're going to flip, we're going to go from Old and New Testaments this morning. So stay with me. But Jesus is found preaching in, in many synagogues. He travelled throughout many regions and his reputation had grown. And people were starting to follow him everywhere. And, you know, as his reputation grew, people were starting to like what they heard. And, you know, I, I probably shouldn't digress into this, but someone was saying the other day that they started up a church somewhere and they put an enormous amount of money into it to make it look 
amazing. And it, it caused me to go back and to remember when we started Highway and we didn't have a nice building. We certainly didn't have, you know, great equipment. We hardly had any to speak of. We had no advertising. We had absolutely nothing. And yet God added to the church without all those things. Without all those things. I mean, when you get it, it's a bonus and a blessing and it's good. But you don't need all of that for people to follow Jesus and come to hear the Word of God. They followed Jesus and they liked what they heard. And so the crowds were growing. His reputation was expanding and people followed him everywhere. And then he goes into Nazareth and he preaches in the synagogue there. And the scroll is handed to him. And he, un, you know, he unwraps the scroll and then he reads these words in Luke chapter 4, verses 18 and 19. And here's what he read. He said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight to the blind and to release the oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. And so Jesus now is quoting these same words that Isaiah has quoted 700 years earlier and he rolls up the scroll he sits down and he says, and today these words are fulfilled in your hearing. I mean, really. You know, it's one thing. It's one thing getting a word, getting a vision, having a dream. And it's another thing when that vision, that dream, that prophetic word is now standing in front of you, right before you. And this word living, breathing, present in the room, and it has now become reality, real life, and tangible. That's what I love about prayer. There's a time when you pray, when you hope, when you believe, and it's all in the unseen. That which you're hoping for has not yet materialized, and then one day, the very thing that you saw in prayer, the very thing you saw in prayer your faith has developed and now it's standing right in front of you. It's no longer unseen. And that's why your words are so important. Your words release and they activate something. And it's a powerful principle both in Old and New Testaments. It's, it's not one or the other. They all link and join up together. And I want you to know, you might ask the question or rather I'll ask it on our behalf. Where do you and I fit into this story? The story that we're reading out of the book of Isaiah, out of Luke chapter 4. Who is the me in this passage? And it's so easy to answer. It's so easy to answer who the me is in the story. Question, have you ever been imprisoned? Have you ever been blind? Have you ever been brokenhearted? Have you ever had the spirit of heaviness upon you? Have you ever been lost? Have you ever realised and come to that point of recognition that you, recognition that you needed a saviour? Has your life, lives ever needed rebuilding, restoring, building up? Has anything precious ever been taken or stolen from your lives? Then that's us in the story. And that applies to each and every one of us. There is not a person here or at home that doesn't belong in the story of Isaiah 61 and Luke chapter 4. And this is why Isaiah saw, this is why Isaiah saw 
what he saw. This is why the Father sent Jesus to all of humanity. Jesus, the living word who came to preach the gospel of the good news to each and every one of us. And he left us with both spirit and word. And the spirit and the word come together, join together and are in agreement with one another. You see, today, in this incredible year that we find ourselves living in, some of us didn't think we'd survive 2020, and yet here we are, 2022. We made it two years. And today, right across our world, our world has been blanketed, blanketed by the spirit of heaviness. Many have felt hopeless and lost in it all. But I want you to know this. I want you to know this, that the Spirit of God is hovering. I want you to know that the Spirit of God is speaking. We're not looking for a one day, someday kind of experience and I hope God comes and I hope He speaks and I hope He fixes everything up. We, the church today, are on the earth to be able to speak the hope, the grace, the goodness, the mercy, the breakthroughs of God. The Spirit of God is hovering and He looks for a mouthpiece and if He can't find it through and in the church, then He'll cause the rocks to cry up and give, raise up and give Him praise. He'll cause something else to rise up and declare the things of God because God is true to His promises and He awakens and stirs the church to speak the things of the Spirit. The Spirit of God is hovering and He's spoken to us to bring light where there has been darkness. And if His voice can't come through the church, then where will good news come from? He left us on the earth for a reason. And I want you to know you are here today for a reason, a reason that is far bigger than what we probably think about from our day-to-day-to-day-to-day existence. And God brings good news, hope and recovery, peace to a world, peace to your life. And if your life is overdue for some good news, and I'm not just talking about some good news, Some good news. Some people think if they could only win a million dollars or two in the lottery. Byron had an uncle who won a million dollars in the lottery. And it didn't bring any good news to his life because he gambled it all away. And yet the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ that has come to you and I, that's not just good news. That is the good news. It is the good news, and it's the good news that you and I are to bring into our day. You know, I don't know what your life is like, but being reminded is something that I have to just constantly visit. I have to be reminded. It's not that my memory's bad. It's just that life happens, and you get busy, and in my home, I've got this little reading nook in my bedroom, and I've managed to throw in there my two chairs (laughs) They arrived, Chris. Yeah, my two chairs and a little table thing. And on there, it's filled with a Bible and books and pens and, you know, all all the rest. But I've started to call it now my memory corner because, you know, it's not that you necessarily need more or extra. It's not always that you need to hear the latest and the greatest. It's that we need to be reminded about what he's already taught us. 
You need to be reminded about what is already given to you. You need to be reminded. I need to be reminded about the things he's taken me through and the principles I've learned and the places I've gone in God and what he's shown me in the past. And it's been so good to unpack our boxes because I've been able to open up the things that I used to visit. And I've called it my memory corner. And as I sit down in that place, I say, God, what do you want me to be reminded about today? What is it that you want me to revisit today? Because your word hasn't changed. The principles haven't moved on. You know, they're not deleted. They're not antiquated. They're not old-fashioned. They're eternal. They're alive. They're still in existence and always will be. This is where he took me the other day. 1 John chapter 5, verses 4 and 5, it says, For everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. Who is that that overcomes the world? Only he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. What world is he talking about? I mean, he who overcomes the world, what world is he talking about? Well, I know for sure he's talking about my world, He's talking about the world I live in. He's talking about my private and personal world, my world in 2022. And the Lord began to speak to me that this is the victory that has overcome the world that you are living in now, right now. My world. We could go everywhere with that. But God began to speak to me about these things and I thought... Whatever is in my, my world today, through the Spirit and through the Word, we can overcome the things in our world today, even our faith. And he calls this, this is the victory. If you want to know what real victory looks like, it is not that we've been exempt from all trouble. It means that you and I, the people of God, that our faith has grown, mature and developed to a point that you can overcome the things that are in your world today. Colossians chapter 2 verse 15 says, Having disarmed the powers and the authorities, he made a public spectacle of them triumphing. There's a word, triumphing. Triumphing. How do you say that? Triumphing. You know, triumphing, is that it? Triumphing. Triumphing. You'll go home with one word on your lips today. Triumph. Let's stop with that. Triumphing. Triumphing. I'm doing this for a reason so you don't forget. A little bit of psychology there triumphing over them by the cross. Having disarmed the powers, the authorities, and made a public spectacle of them. Triumphing over them by the cross. 
He who overcomes is born of God. Even our faith is our victory. These are heavy duty words. Disarming powers and authorities by the cross. When your back's against the wall and you are faced with all kinds of things and it looks like defeat is your next move, your next step, God took me back to these scriptures to remind me where my victory really was. Spoken through Isaiah, spoken in the synagogues by Jesus, spoken through the mouths of the apostles, and now spoken through the church's mouth in 2022. So I want you to know that you are an overcomer. I want you to know that you are more than a conqueror. I want you to know that this is not positive thinking because positive thinking comes from the brain, but the spirit of faith comes from the heart. And when your heart is grown and embrace the things of the spirit, then that starts to kind of just, I don't know, what's the word? Marinate, saturate, permeate, anything that ends with eight, it gets in there and it starts to take over the way that you pray, the way that you walk, the way that you focus and you are reminded that Jesus has overcome this, triumphant, triumphed over the enemy, made a public show of every enemy, every demon, every principality, power and darkness and I am born of God and even my faith is the victory in this story. That's what it reminded me of in my little reading memory corner. Who is the who, whoever's? We are. We are the whoever's. I am the whoever. You've got to remember who you are. Judges chapter 6, Israel is in a mess. They're out of step with God. They're not walking with God the way they should. They had open their lives up to things that they should never have opened their lives up to. They have lost what it is to walk in the grace of God. And they lived with seven years of oppression from the hand of the Midianites. And this oppression was so severe and so great that they hid in caves and shelters, mountain clefts and strongholds. And every single crop that they planted was ruined. It was impossible to count just how many Midianites were in the land. It was impossible to count how much livestock and camels were in the land. It, was, it had just overrun the place, overrun the, the ground, overrun everything. They couldn't count them. And the Bible says that the camels and the livestock came and they ate the harvest that should have been Israel's harvest. It was nothing but dirt that was left. And you know, I have been meditating on this thought for probably two weeks or more about the camels coming in and eating up the harvest. The harvest that should have been in your hands and instead it's dirt. 
the job that should have been in your hands, the finances that should have been released to you, the family that you should be enjoying, the health that should be in your body, the confidence and the courage and the perspective that should be yours. And it says here that the camels came and ate the harvest. And as I parked on that, I began to pray for you. And Gideon's question in amongst all of this was a valid one, a real one, an honest question. God, if you're really with us, if you're really for us, if you're really with us, then why, why has all of this happened? I don't know if there's a picture of a camel somewhere, but I've ridden a camel never again, once off. They are the most uncomfortable this words, I'm having trouble, uncomfortable and try up today. Those camels, I mean, where, where do you sit? You know what I mean? Right there, you can see the agony involved in riding one of those things. It's just not conducive to, to the human body at all. But I've ridden one of those things. And Gideon asked the obvious question, God, if you're with us, then why? Why has all this trouble come? Why have all the camels eaten our harvest? And God had to remind Gideon of what he did have. And he said, Gideon, go in strength. I'm sending you and I am with you. And Gideon wants to counter that and say and remind God that, wait a minute, God. I'm weak, my family's weak, my clan, my tribe is weak. Everyone here is in weakness and not strength or courage or faith or future or anything else. And then in Judges chapter 6, verse 16, the Lord answers him and says, Gideon, I will be with you. I will be with you. And you will strike down and get this next word, all, all, you will strike down all the Midianites and then he adds this last word in, together. Who is he with? Together with God, together with others that are like-minded, like-spirited, on the same page, we're lapping here together in all of this, that together you will and we will overcome all, all. Don't settle for the little blessings along the way, the little touch, the little prayer that you prayed, the time when you came to the altar 10 years ago when it seemed like God touched your life and you left the church building on cloud nine. But it seems like it was 10 years ago since you felt the touch and the presence of God. And I want to drop something into your heart today and say, don't be satisfied with the little blessings, but know that you've got a good God, a big God, an amazing God, a God that's stirring the heart of the church today and saying that He is the God who is able to do the immeasurably more, more than you've ever asked, more than you've ever believed, more than you've ever prayed, more than you've ever thought, more than you've ever got excited about in the past, according to the Spirit of God that is within us, when the Spirit of God within you walks this out together with God, 
and with other like-minded people, I'm telling you, whatever your Midianite looks like today, whatever that looks like today, you can recover all. Can I have the team back, please? Perhaps today you're looking at a harvest that's been stolen, stripped, or in the process of. If you're looking at a future that you feel has been stolen and robbed from you, whatever it is, I want you to know that God is with you. He's with you. Here's the thing. Gideon had to put some things right in his life. He had to put some things back into order. And like him, you and I, we have to put our armour on. You know, sometimes we think, what does that mean? To put your armour on. Sometimes you just got to be reminded that the helmet of salvation is on my head. That I'm God's and he's mine. That the helmet of salvation is on my head. It wasn't some frivolous little prayer that I prayed in 19 something or other. But the helmet of salvation is on my head. I am chosen and called of God, anointed of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit and power is within me. The helmet of salvation is on my head. The breastplate of righteousness I'm wearing. My feet are shod. My feet are shod with the gospel of peace. My feet are shod with the gospel of grace and the gospel of hope and the gospel, the gospel of the good news. The sword of the Spirit is in my hand and the shield of faith is up. And when the enemy comes to throw his fiery darts, it is met with the shield of faith. The shield of faith. Gideon said, I'm weak, my family's weak, my tribe is weak. And God said, I am with you, go in strength, go in courage, go in confidence, I'm with you. And like Gideon, we too, in this hour, have to put on the armour. See, Jesus, those scriptures that I've read to you today, He comes, Jesus always, always comes from a place of victory. Never from a place of defeat. And you say, well, that's, that's easy for Jesus. He's Jesus. He's the Son of God. He knows what it was like to be down in the pit. He knows what it was like to see the darkness and the demons in hell. He knows what it's like to see those things come against humanity. And he said in Colossians 2.15, as I quoted to you before, I disarmed them. I've dismantled them. I've taken authority over them and I've made a public show of them so that you, the body of Christ in 2022, can walk in victory and in strength and in confidence and in courage and in revelation and in peace and deal with the all that's come against your life. Gideon then builds an altar and I encourage you to do this, to build an altar. My little reading nook has become my little altar. Don't get too over-spiritual with that. It's just about the heart connecting with the Father. It's about a surrendered heart to the Father. It's about ears that are opening 
and open to the Spirit of God. That's what an altar is. And it was in that place, it was there, that Gideon builds this altar and he calls this place, he calls it the Lord is peace. The Lord is peace. Where is your there today? Is your there a place of weakness, fear, discouragement? Whatever your there looks like, in amongst trouble around Gideon, he found his there as he built peace into that place. Can we have a peace in a world that doesn't have it? The answer is an absolute yes. And maybe it's time for you and I to call peace over your place. Peace over your family. Peace over our day. And in Judges, and this is it. In Judges chapter 8, verse 28, we know that Midian was subdued. And it says in this verse, it says, And Midian did not raise its head again in Gideon's lifetime. And there was peace over the land for 40 years. Maybe it's time like Isaiah and Jesus and the apostles that we the church can say, our harvest might have been eaten, but I want you to know this church, you can get your harvest back. You can get back the harvest that was always, always meant to be yours. The harvest might look lean today, but through your walk with God, and we don't have time today of this great exchange because it talks about that which has been broken, that which has been sick, that which has been diseased, that which has been broken down or ruined. Jesus said through Isaiah, I will heal, I will restore, I will rebuild, I will bless. And like Gideon, that thing will not raise its head again in my lifetime. And there was peace for 40 years. That's the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. That's the gospel. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me to preach good news, Jesus said. Isaiah said, and now we say. And so, Father, over every life, every home, every family, every business, Father, I pray for peace. I pray, Lord, for where the harvest has been ruined. I pray a mighty recovery, an incredible rebuilding, an amazing restoration, and a great exchange. And those things that have risen up, Lord, against the lives of your people, we declare in faith today that you are no respecter of persons and that which you did in Gideon's day, Lord, we say do it in ours, that that thing that came to rob the harvest will not raise its head in our lifetime again in Jesus' name. And everyone agrees? Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you'd like to get in contact with us or find out more about Highway Church, go to highway.com.au.